Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with uh, Camaro Dave and Commander Chris coming to you from our Turn It, Don't Burn It studios here in Portland. I'd like to thank everybody and all the affiliates along the Barbecue Nation uh, network out there. I'd like to thank also Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef that uh, you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Well, um, he's back and he did it again. Our buddy from Getting Basted, Brad Leninger, uh, just won the jack. That's a that's a cool I thing. Do, do they give you a little patch that you can say, I won the jack, Brad? Do they do that? <laughs> I don't know if they give you a patch or not. They give you a trophy. <laughs> they got one of those. <laughs> well, I just thought that would be kind of cool if you got, you know, like an old Army Ranger patch or an Airborne patch or something like that. If Because they wouldn't give out very many of them, you know. No, there's not a whole lot of them. So. No. So tell us about the jack this year. I know what your, I know what your placings were because I have the printout of everything, but how everybody placed. But how was it for you besides winning Grand Champion? Well, we had a lot of fun. I mean, it's just good to be back down there. You know, they took a year off because of COVID. Uh, you know, it's just good to be back doing these big events uh, again. So we had a good time. They moved a little bit earlier in the year. So we caught some rain at the beginning of the week, but the weekend was beautiful. You know, it was below 80s and uh, normally it's pretty cold. So we were cooking in, in T-shirts and shorts. And I like that. I like the, the warmer weather personally. So, uh no, I had a blast even before I won. It was my favorite jack. I um I talked to Leanne <clears throat> and uh she was on the show last week. She was talking about judging the jack and she said she had a one, it was a great time, like you were saying, great atmosphere, lots of people, a lot of fun. She said the food this year was phenomenal. The entries were really, really good. And she said she had had a couple of um entries in the ribs. Uh, I th- actually think one of them was yours that she said uh, she thought that was the best rib she'd ever eat. So there you go. Mary, that's good to know. Not yet. I don't, you know, I don't know how, uh, you know, they probably got an idea see boxes and everything else. Of course, we don't have no necessarily who's judging our food right. all the time. But yeah, if she got my rib, that's good to hear. If I had good ribs that day, I know that. So. <laughs> well, she was impressed. I'll put it that way. She, she was very yeah. impressed. So... <clears throat> Last time we talked to you, things were starting to open up where you live and you were, I think you were going to open up another restaurant. You were doing lots of things like that besides getting out there on the road and competing. Um, and one thing I want to, cause we've added some more stations and stuff since the last time you were on. So Br- Brad is kind of a solo practitioner in a lot of ways. He does have a team, but a lot of times he's pulling this stuff uh, at these competitions himself. So how has that gone for you and how's your new restaurants doing or did you complete well, to them? Be clear, I, I, you know, for the restaurant side, I have a team. I've got a very good team. Right. Uh, you know, uh, we just opened another one here in Springfield, Missouri. So we're up to four restaurants. Now we've got three getting basteds and, and one downing street poorhouse, And, and I have a lot of help with those. So, uh, 
get that out there. Now the competitions, uh, you know, I do pull a lot of those solo and, uh, you know, I, I do enough of them that I've got it timed out and everything that, that, you know, it's like riding a bike for me, but, uh, the restaurants are doing good. You know, I mean, it's a tough climate right now, uh, business wise, just with, you know, the same thing everybody else is dealing with, you know, with, with, uh, supply chain issues and, and labor issues and everything else. So while sales have never been better, uh, it's a little bit more difficult to make money right now and, and keep things open. So, we're just juggling with that with labor and, and, and the cost of goods and everything else like everybody else is and, and just doing the best we can do. On the restaurant side, which has gone up more, the, the beef or the hog uh, prices for you? Uh, beef, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, the good news is, is that we, you know, we use a uh, Pacific Northwest beef actually in our restaurants. We, uh, we run Snake River Farms and Double R Ranch. Sure. Uh, you know, they're out, out, out of uh, Idaho, but they, they do all of their plant there's in Yakima, Washington. Right. So all of our beef comes from there. And, and we're fortunate enough that both on our pork and our beef with, uh, you know, my competition and everything else that we're able to make relationships and lock in some good, you know, advantageous prices. But uh, it's still gone up quite a bit. And, uh, you know, it, I, I think it's going to continue to rise a little bit before it gets better. Have you seen the fallout, though, not in your particular business, but in um, local competitors' businesses or around the the Midwest there where, uh, you know, they were just coming out of COVID. And, you know, and it all depends, too, on the state you're in. Some states are more flexible on things and out where I live, not so much. And um, but has that also as they started to come back and then we kind of got locked up a little bit more and then that kind of unloaded a little bit on us. And then all of a sudden you started seeing this you know, inflation kind of grab a hold with the prices. Has that affected any of your competitors back there? Oh, so I mean, it's affected everybody. You know, we've had successful restaurants, you know, that, that, that have decided it's just not worth staying open. Right. And, uh, you know, just the climate, you can't, you, you know, you, the, the prices that you have to charge. And I don't know that everybody's ready to pay for what they need to be paying for food. I think they're going to have to at some point, but, uh, no, it, it's it's a tremendously difficult, you know, even though more money is being spent now probably than, you know, in the history of mankind as far as on products and stuff, it, it is a it business-wise a, a, you know, very tricky, very difficult time to navigate through. And, and certainly there have been a lot of restaurants, you know, but you come out of COVID, it's just the one thing after the other. You come out of COVID, you know, labor shortages. Now you're dealing with cost of goods and, and supply chain issues. And it's just little things, you know. You know yeah, we switched everything over to go but we can't get to go boxes. You know, it's just, it's just <laughs> one thing after another and, and just, just dealing with that stuff. And, and it's, you know, it's taken a stall on everybody that I know that has a restaurant. How about the, well, you, you touched on a, a little bit about the, the labor we have. If you drive around the Portland area and also in Seattle, there's literally the old fashioned signs in the window that say we are hiring and they can't get people to come in and apply for the jobs. They'd give them the jobs if you can fog a mirror, I think some of them, you know, but they just can't get the people to apply. Well, they're just not there. You know, we're at a tourist area that doesn't have a very big labor labor market. Mm -hmm. There's just not enough. You know, we depended in Branson, you know, quite a bit on J1 visas and some other stuff that haven't been able to come over uh, due to COVID. And then on top of it, there's just not enough. you know, the growth and the amount of money being spent and, and, and people that are coming into Branson, there's just not a big enough labor, labor market there, period. So all we're doing is just escalating the prices of labor and passing the same people around. And it's good for the, you know, for the people working, but at the same, same time, everything's getting more expensive in the town. So it's just, 
you know, just, just one thing after another, essentially, that's going on through there. And, uh, uh, you know, at some point it'll equal out and enough business will go out of business or, or people will need to, you know, come back into the labor market or whatever it is, it'll all take care of itself. But, uh, you know, there's certainly a lot of inflationary pressures from everywhere, from all sides. Oh, well, yeah. And we're seeing that, like I said, out here, it's incredible. Uh, and, and it kind of makes you scratch your head sometimes. I, I haven't been in the restaurant business for over 30 years. So, but when I was, it was, uh, you know, employees were always, I don't want to say the problem. They're not, it's just, you're dealing with different people and everybody's, you know, into an individual and they've all got their own ideas and some of them get developed into great employees and other ones, not so much. And they kind of filter through and, and go away eventually. But I've, I've never seen it with a shortage of people like we have now. It's just something that kind of, like I said, it makes me scratch my head. Tell us about your adventures at the Jack. I mean, you, you talked about, you know, it was a great time and you were cooking in shorts and t-shirts and great weather and stuff. When you're going to an event like the Jack or the, the Royal or, or one of the, the, the majors, I'm a golf guy. So if you wanted to say that Jack's one of the majors, it's kind of like the masters, if you will. How do you prepare and how do you get prepared up mentally? Or do you just say, oh, it's another competition. Here I go. Well, I think that's the challenge is that, you know, I think, I think some people over prepare or they come in and they cook meat that they don't normally cook. And they, maybe they cook more meat that they, you know, and they do things differently on their smoker and it ends up changing the product. I think the key thing is one thing I've learned over the years with cooking these big events is that you do just need to treat it like one of every other week. You know, it, it, you can't sit there and, and do different things. So that was my key just coming into it. And, and, you know, I took my little trailer down there. So we didn't, you know, it didn't stay on site, rented the house and just kept it as, as small of a production as I could. And I just came out and cooked the normal thing I do. And, and it ended up being successful. You know, that I think a lot of people get caught where they cook a, maybe a brisket that, that's, that's thicker than what they're used to and they struggle getting it done. Or they cook a, a, a brand of ribs that they don't normally cook because, you know, they hear that's the hot thing or whatever it is. I mean, I think you just got to ride the horse that got you there, you know, ultimately. And, uh, you know, that's what I did this year. And that's what I try to do every major. I try to kind of just, just keep it in the framework of what I'm trying to do. And uh, I'm putting out good food week in, week out. And I know that if I go down to one of these majors and, and I put a good cook together, I've got a shot. You know, I just got to land on the right tables and, and I've got a chance to win it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's one, you know, and that re- that reflects back on the restaurant business too, I think, Brad, because if you put out a consistently good product, you'll always have, or you should always have customers coming in to eat your food. And I think that's, you know, analogous to barbecue competition too, where, um, it's not this up and down type thing, you know, you're, you're comfortable, you're comfortable, you're confident in the food that you're presenting to the judges. And I think, you know, the judges will know you're there. They don't know if it's your food, but they, when they come in, they know who some of the competitors are and they can say, yeah, we should be getting some good stuff today. I think that's, I think that's a real key to success for a lot of this. It kind of always makes me smile though. When I, I get the reports, you know, I followed it on Twitter. I, there was some, um, some folks doing podcasts and stuff around there. And I listened to some of those. Uh, and it's, it, the main thing is it sounded like you had too much damn fun back there, Brad. <laughs> well, I mean, it's always a good time cooking, you know, I mean, it's, it, you know, I, I, I do it because I love it. You know, I mean, anybody will tell you, you know, the, 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 the money and it's no good and it, you were doing it for, for fun and for promotion and everything else. But you know, if you're not having a good time cooking, then then there's not a whole lot of reasons to be out there. So, I mean, that's what we're there for. We're there to cook these big events, and 
and and we're there to there to go out there and give ourselves a chance to win and have fun while we're doing it. So no, nah, I mean the, the the Jack and and you know just getting everybody together, you know, back out of COVID. You know, we did it at the Royal, uh, got a chance to at the Jack, just seeing everybody out from across the country. You know, I've seen a lot of people, you know, in bits and pieces traveling around doing competitions, but just to see everybody together, man, it just makes it a special event. There you go. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with the champ. Brad Leninger from Getting Basted right after this on Barbecue Nation. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the Sun G Radio Networks. Um, if you'd like to contact us, it's pretty easy. You can just go to bbqnationjt.com, and there is a little box there that you can fill out and send to us if you've got a question or a comment. And that one comes right to me. We're also on Facebook and, and Twitter and Spotify and iTunes and everything out there. 34 platforms now i think is what it is i'm not sure but i think that's what it is also if you're not sure you know about one thing there is one thing that is consistent when you have your own business you basically have to do everything just like brad was saying and that uh, includes hiring which can become a, actually a second job and that's why there is indeed the all-in-one hiring platform that makes it easy to attract screen and interview candidates all in one place with smart tools like Instamatch, you can instantly get a list of qualified candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description the minute you sponsor the actual job. Spending less, spending less time sifting through resumes and more time saying you're hired, uh, if you want to do that, just visit Indeed.com slash credit. There you go. There, there you go, Brad. I just gave you some information. Don't say I never did anything for you if you're looking for people. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. We use every channel we can get. That's for sure, man. We're always looking for good people. I bet you do. So we were talking in the last segment. We kind of bounced around talking about the restaurant business and then the competitive barbecue business. But also the one thing that I think people should glean out of that was the the point of consistency when you cook. You were talking about how, you know, you don't treat it any differently than um, a a different weekend uh, competition and you're always turning out the same thing. How long did it take you to where you're at right now with what you did at the Jack? How long did it take you to develop and get your timing, your seasoning and everything else done to get to that level from say three or four years ago? Well, I mean, we're always tweaking and changing, you know, I've been cooking at a high level for, for quite a while. I like to think I have been anyway. Um, and, And so you know, we're just, we're just all, I'm always working on what I'm doing. And I think I'm always getting better. You know, that's always a question I ask myself at the end of the year, going to the next year, it's, you know, where's that improvement going to come from? And and you never quite know, you know, you're always thinking you're cooking at, at the best you can cook. And then the next year you somehow seem to find a little bit more. Um, so it's just, it's just a matter of process. And I think a lot of it, you know, you notice Joe Pierce from slaps finished reserve. I think the reason why he and I did so well is he and I have been cooking against each other in the, the Kansas city barbecue society team of the year uh, points chase. You know, we finished one, two last year. We're on track, you know, to finish one, two this year and 
in some order. And, and we've been cooking in high pressure situations and, and, and the cookoffs that matter to us right. for basically 18 months now. And so we were very well equipped to come into the Jack and just do our normal game and not have to worry about it. Well, it's a lot of people, you know, maybe they hadn't been as cooking as much or the contest they had cooked hadn't been big every week, you know, in that case, yes, team beer point chase is big. You know, you can't take a weekend off. You can't have a bad week because I know Joe's not going to. So right. we were both just cooking at a very high level. So I think it was kind of 18 months coming, you know, as far as just the fact that I've been out there every weekend under a high pressure situation, having to put out a good cook. I know you guys like to poke the bear at each other. I mean, cause Joe's told me that. Um, oh yeah, we have fun. <laughs> so I do have to ask you something. What was it you cooked? You won the dessert category too. Yeah, we did win dessert. What did, what did you yeah. fix? Yeah, I mean, we get, you know, the, what, what always wins cheesecake. Yeah. The funny story behind that is my wife normally does the ancillaries and I, I do a lot of cooking, you know, even before barbecue, you know, I, I, I cooked first. And, and so, you know, I help her, I do the sauces and do some stuff for the dessert and everything else. But she had gotten in 2019, she had gotten second at the Jack and dessert and it was a perfect, perfect. And at that point you did, it's just a coin flip. That's what determined. So we, so we lost the coin flip. She got second. This year at the American Royal, same thing. She got a perfect, perfect, but wound up second place, losing the coin flip. So uh, I think the top three desserts this year, Jack, were perfect, perfect. And it just happens, you know, the only thing I was better than she was at was the was the coin flip. So we put in, you know, the, basically the last three desserts we've turned in at a world championship have have gotten perfect scores across the board. So we, we we've been we've been doing cheesecake of, of various different kinds, but you know, we do a cheesecake, put a good sauce, you know, caramel type sauce on sure. top, and and just fancy it up. But ultimately. You know, everybody knows that's kind of the inside joke of competition barbecue that, that you know, cheesecakes win those uh, dessert <laughs> ancillaries. And that's the truth. I mean, you know, you can't beat them, join them. So we cook cheesecake. Well, actually, I was I'm going to share something with you. There was five people that got perfect, five teams. They got perfect in the desserts. But you came out on top. Yeah, three were perfect, perfect. So they drop a score. Yeah. Uh, so so two of the two of the five were, you know, that they had a lower score that was dropped. And the top three were all you know, basically unblemished scorecards, even from the drop, drop judge. Right. Right. So <clears throat> can you ship me some of that cheesecake so I can sample it? <laughs> we need to get it out, man. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, <laughs> next time you're at a competition and we're doing dessert to swing on by, well, we always have an extra one for a trier. Of course, Jack, you have to turn in seven. So we didn't have an extra one down there, but at the Royal, you know, we just run six. Yeah. No, it's all good. I, I will tell you my cheesecake story. Okay. Uh, just about a year ago, I was doing um, cheesecake for because I do television out here, and I and I also do some in Tulsa and all that. So we were we were filming that day, and I'm doing cheesecakes, right? Um, and my daughter is actually little known factor uh, of how things work on TV, but my daughter makes just killer cheesecakes. So she was helping me. She had made. Because when you do TV, as you know, you you have to do a kind of before, middle, and after, you know, because you can't wait for the cheesecake to bake, you know, while you're live. It doesn't, you don't have that much time. Sure. So I'm doing that. <clears throat> so we we get through, we get through shooting for Portland. We get through shooting for Tulsa. The other stuff we do. And a friend of mine is over who had actually been on the show, and. We're, we're going to go have lunch and I have this cheesecake, but it's not set, but I'm just going to stick it in the refrigerator and then I'll take care of it. If it's still any good to do it, when I get back home, I turn around and I drop that thing and that thing slid 
Brad, all across my kitchen floor, hit the refrigerator and exploded. So um, I know you've never had anything like that happen, especially getting ready for a competition. But I'll tell you, that that was one hell of a mess. And, and, I dropped all my ribs before. I've done that one, but uh, not, I've never dropped a cheesecake yet. Well, on wood here. yeah, we'll do that because you don't want to clean that up. Trust me, man. That That is that is a, a real mess. And another little known fact, that's the last time I ever cooked a cheesecake was over a year ago. Because oh, I'm not tired gonna, after that, huh? Yeah, well, I'm not going to uh, to clean that up. We're going to take a break. Brad and I will be back right after this on Barbecue Nation. Don't go away. If you're enjoying JT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on Sun Radio Networks. I'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef, you can be proud to serve your family and friends. They have a store locator on their website. Um, and, you know, you can go pop in your zip code and see if there's a store near you that sells it. And they also are doing online stuff now. So they've been doing that for a while. So you can order some things online. Also, Gunter Wilhelm Knives. Uh, great quality for a really great price. You can check them out online also, GunterWilhelm.com. Uh, don't forget, you can contact us multiple means if you have a question or a comment about that. We're talking with uh, Brad Leninger today from Getting Basted, the new world champ from the Jack. Well, you how many world championships have you won? Not just at the Jack, but like at the Royal and anything else. Well, it just kind of, you know, you always get into that argument of, of what counts and what doesn't count and everything else. So I let the, uh, you know, I, I don't know if we have barbecue historians or whatever. You have people <laughs> that care about it a whole heck of a lot more than I do. But we won, uh, you know, we won in, in the team of the year KCBS uh, twice, which, you know, they call that team of the year. Yeah. I mean, a, a world championship, which I would agree with. And we won every category in that multiple times. And then we won Memphis Mayport Shoulder, uh, you know, world championship. Uh, one individual categories that, you know, the Jack, we won four fifth Jack before, uh, you know, you can throw a King and the smoker in that list. I think that's one of the most elite contests that I've won. Uh, you know, so it just depends on, on what you're counting. I don't worry about it. Uh, I just go out there and win contests, but we, we won pretty much, you know, we've been reserved grand at the Royal. I think the Royal is pretty much the last big one. You know, we get to go to Houston now. This will be the first time I get to cook, uh, the Houston livestock and rodeo, but, but that one's hard because you don't get to cook that one very often. You only get to cook it once or twice, but, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 we're getting some of the big ones checked off for sure. And, and, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, keep cooking well and, and, and the Royal will line up for me one year and, and, uh, you know, just, just keep, keep putting down, putting down good cooks and big contests. And, uh, we, we won quite a few of them. That's all I know. Oh, good enough for me, man. Uh, speaking of that, what are you cooking on? I will cook on gateway drum smokers. Been cooking on gateway drums for, you know, this is just finished up basically uh, my, basically my 10th year. I started in 2012. So 2012 season, I cooked about eight contests was my first one. So this is finishing up our 10th year and I've cooked on gateway drums for nine of them. Uh, started on gateway drums before Tim was really even selling them. I, I picked one up. He had kind of the prototype model at a contest I met him there at uh, uh, kind of an early adopter of those and, and been running with them ever since. 
you don't have to have a semi to haul all your stuff with. No, no, we fly in a lot of times. Actually, it's pretty nice. You know, you can borrow drums from anywhere. We've got a couple storage units here and there, and uh, no, I've got a pretty minimal setup as far as what some people have. You know, I, I enjoy my creature comforts. Uh, so, you know, sometimes if we bring the family, we'll bring out a bigger trailer. You know, we've got a fifth wheel that I can cook out of. But my, my trailer is 22 foot and uh, you know, it's got an eight foot board porch on the back and, and, and a bathroom and a little fold out uh, couch. And, and uh, you know, that, that's good enough for me. So we don't we definitely have a minimal setup. You have a TV in there for at night? Nope, no TV. I've got, got my cell phone now or an iPad. There you go. Well, any of that works. You know, any any of that works to keep you entertained. Especially if you're by yourself. I mean, I know you can probably, you know, set your clock the way you want to set it and not have to worry about stepping over people in the morning. But, uh, you know, there is something, too, about that quiet time between competitions. Because I came from a competitive world, not barbecue, but a different one. And sometimes that downtime was pretty good in between uh, in between competitions. You know, even if it was for just a couple hours, kind of sneak away. Sure. That was that was. Truthfully, that's what kept me going a lot of times is uh, being able to do that. Are you are you now looking to open a fifth restaurant or anything, Brad? Oh, we've always got ideas. You know, I've got a couple of business partners and we've always got ideas. And uh, uh, yeah, at some point we'll get something else open. Uh, we're not in a hurry. We're just trying to kind of work on margins, you know, as tough as it sure. is right now. I'm not, you know, just trying to staff and make money out of another one's probably not the the best business decision that we can make. So we're just kind of worried about working on margins and working on making what we have profitable. But uh, certainly when the time is right or the right opportunity steps up, I'm sure we'll get another place open. So compared to your barbecue competition, what you're serving in the restaurants, especially getting basted, what's your number one seller in the restaurants? And is it any different than what you're cooking at the competitions? Well, we sell a ton of brisket and, you know, the cool thing is we, we cook snake river farms briskets at the restaurants too. So, you know, I go and I pick the meat, I cook at competitions out of my restaurant supply. So you are getting, you know, literally the same proteins that I serve the judges you're getting that out of our restaurant. So that's something we take pride in and and we cook them as much as we can, or as much as practical, I would say the same way that we cook in the competitions, we're cooking on gateway drums and, uh, uh, just trying to do things uh, pretty well the same way that I do at competition. So that's you know, kind of our concept and, and it's, it's done well for us. So let, let's get into uh, Brad, the philosopher here and uh, the, the senior statesman of that <clears throat> of, of competition cooking right now. Um, somebody's listening to this show and they're thinking about getting into the competitive world of barbecue uh, out here in the Northwest. We don't have too many of them. There's some, smaller groups that put on uh, competitions, they do well, but where this show goes clear across the country, you know, there's uh, in your neck of the woods and the East coast and, and the down South, there's certainly a lot more competition. So if somebody's listening to this, Brad, and they want to um, take those first steps to get involved in this, what would you advise them to do? Well, I mean, I always tell people that, you know, sometimes we assign too much mystique and, and you know, mystery to what we do, and and I mean, just go out there and cook. I mean, that's the you know the the first step is always you know that that that's that's the first step. You know, get in there and cook a contest. They've got some opportunities now. I know KCBS does some uh, one meat uh, events where you have a chance to go sign up and just cook ribs or or just cook chicken. So if it was me and I was getting in, I would go find one of those one meat single meat events and I'd sign up and and go turn my best ribs in. And that doesn't require any kind of really investment. 
you know, in smokers or equipment or, you know, I think the biggest expenses is, you know, campers and stuff like that to spend the night out, you know, sure. you can go out and do a few where you're sleeping in a chair under the stars, but you know, after you do a handful of those, that gets old really quick. So <laughs> I think those single meat events are a good entry point where you can get in without, without having a, a tremendous uh, outlay of, of, of capital at the beginning of it. And just see where stuff is, see if, it, if it's something you like, if you get that first call, it's going to, you know, hook you in. But I think the main thing is to understand that, that, you know, you just have a reasonable expectations. And, and if you don't do well your first time out, it, it may not be because your food's not good. It's just because it's not what the judges are looking for. Sure. You know, what the judges get competition barbecue is a relatively narrow band of, of, of food and expectations. And if you fall too far outside of that, it might be good, but you might get hit. So don't, don't take it personal too. I think a lot of new teams do that. You know, they come out there and they get a last place and they take it personal. And they, Hey, it doesn't mean your food is bad. It just means it wasn't what they were looking for. Well, and you've got that human element too of the judges. You know, that's a sure. that's a subjective deal. That's you know, they have an objective pretty close to an objective score system. I get that. But everybody's taste buds are different. They're they're different. Their palates are a little different. What may be the perfect blend of um seasonings, rubs and maybe sauces or whatever for me may be a little different for you. And so I think sometimes people can get dissuaded by that human subjectivity sure. in it. And well, you see that argument all the time, right? Made on Facebook or somebody complaining about their scores. It's like, well, you know, I got three sevens and three nines. How is that possible? Well, you got three people that really liked your food and three people that really didn't. I mean, that's very well within the realm of possibility and, and it's okay. You know, sometimes you get hit and, and sometimes people just don't like your food and they don't have to. It doesn't mean you're not doing what you want to do. It doesn't mean you didn't execute right. It means they like something else, and, and, and that's okay, and, and that's the good thing about barbecue. You know, week in, week out, everybody's got a shot, and, and, and you know, I went from, you know, winning the world championship one week. We were, you know, fourth in the world on pork, and then th this past weekend, I was sixth on my table at a, at a 2017 contest. Yeah. So it just, it happens. It happens to everybody. It happens to the best, and you just got to be able to roll on and move on and, and, and take your food to the next one, and it'll probably score better then. I tell you, I learned my lesson on that years and years and years ago. I. I made some really good salsa. Um, I thought it was good. A lot of the people around me thought it was good, but I had a really good friend. He and his wife came for a barbecue one day and I put some salsa out there and they ate it. And, and then a week or so later, I saw him and we were talking and, and something and something about the salsa came up and I said, well, yeah, you know, people usually like my salsa. He goes, I didn't. <laughs> and it really caught me <laughs> off guard, but he was being really sincere and honest. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't picking at me. He just said, no, I didn't care for it because I don't like this and I don't like this and I don't like this. And you had all those ingredients in your salsa and I didn't care for it. And I kind of went, wow, that that's true. You know, I wasn't mad or anything. I didn't get my nose out of joint, but that really taught me something that week. Well, and it gives you the idea of the difference between competition cook and cooking and restaurant cooking. You know, restaurant cooking, I can take some risks and I can put some flavors in there that not everybody's going to like. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. They order something else off the menu, but, you know, somebody may love it. Well, your goal in competition cooking isn't to sit there and try to make the best food that one judge ever had. You're trying to make the best food that six, you know, people with different palates and different backgrounds can agree on. Right. And I think that's an important distinction, you know, whereas you can make some polarizing or some, some you know, bold decisions in your cooking when you're cooking at a restaurant or you're cooking for your family, 
But you can't do that in competition because all it takes is one or two people for that, to, that flavor to turn them off. Even if the other four think it's the best thing they've ever put in their mouth, if you get two of them that don't like that flavor, then you're sunk and you're done. Are you going to keep competing for the next 20 years, or what are you going to do, Brad? Oh, I don't know. I'm slowing down next year. I can tell you that. I'm not going to be chasing points. This is my last uh this is my last case VS point chase, but yeah, I'm going to compete. You know, I mean, I, I enjoy it still and, and, uh, you know, still doing well at it. And, uh, uh, but you know, I'll probably dial it back to about half the number of contests that I've been doing over the last three or four years. So, uh, just pick the ones I want to cook and, uh, good family events and good events that I enjoy and have enjoyed in the past and, and, and go cook those. Sounds like a plan to me, bud. It really does. Um, where are we here? I think it's time to take a break. Um, Kel Phelps is coming up in this next segment. Brad's going to stick around for just a very short after hours bit. And we'll be back here on Barbecue Nation. Don't go away. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Everybody, welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the Sun uh, G Radio Networks. We've got uh, our good friend from National Barbecue News, Kel Phelps, coming up here in just about two seconds. Next hour is going to be Jamie Proviance. I want to tell you that before we got out there. For the affiliates that play the two hours, Jamie's coming up next. So, um, Kel Phelps, National Barbecue News. We try to get him on every month so we can tell you what's coming up in the next edition so first of all hey brother how you doing and second what's coming up hey man i am awesome man uh cooler weather's got us smoking like uh crazy down here in southeast georgia um pulling for them bulldogs so it's football time of year so uh having a big time with that but yeah man so working uh now on our November issue, always got a ton of stuff about Thanksgiving and turkeys and all that good stuff. But, man, we are jam-packed. Um, November 1st, the new November issue comes out. We got profiles on Myron Mixon inside there. Some people may not know his whole story, but you can go there and find it. Michael Garrison, um, the flying judge, did the profile on on Meyer and this month we got some stuff from Malcolm uh, and his uh, podcast from uh, Malcolm Reed with How to Barbecue Right. Um, we've got a showcase on that. We've got, um, of course, Artie Davis. Man, he really, um, he really plays it up big for Thanksgiving and uh, talks about some turkey tacos uh, coming out for this month and. Um, Got several great competition stories. Christy Jones uh, recaps what she's been up to the last month, talks about a, an event she just got back from this past week where it's uh, Veterans for Pets, where they uh, actually raise money for veterans to have service dogs. And, uh, man, just uh, about got choked up proofreading it. Not sure. very often. <laughs> but, um, man, it's just... Uh, what else can I say, man? We're wide open. Meathead talking about turkey and uh, pink turkey and all kind of scientific stuff that he does. <laughs> and uh, but uh, 
Yeah, man. Uh, just uh, hard to uh, hard to get bored reading and uh, taking in what all we got going on for November for sure. I would um, I would bet anybody fifty bucks that in Meathead's article it talks about spatchcocking a bird. I'll just bet you because that's <laughs> one of his favorite things to do. And whenever he's on our show, which is frequently, he, uh, we always come to, somehow he works that in. We could be talking about beef ribs, Kel, and all of a sudden, Meathead will start talking about spatchcock and a turkey or a Cornish game hen or something. I don't know how he does it, but he always manages to do it. Oh, well, let me say this, man. Um, he sold me on it. I had never cooked a turkey that way, and, um, I don't know, four or five years ago, he was like, man, you don't know what you're missing. He said, but I won't, you know, I won't push it on you. But sure enough, I busted that thing up and threw it on the grill, and um, he was right. I mean, it uh, made all the difference in the world. So uh, I have become a meathead fan for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's one thing, not to get off track here from National Barbecue News, but that's one of the things I like about having meathead on the show, because I say hi. I introduce and and read my liners and do whatever I need to do. And then I'll say something like Brussels sprouts. And then I can just sit back for 12 minutes and just let him talk. <laughs> he can do that. And he, most of the time he knows what he's talking about, too. Oh, but, he does. You know he... what? Uh, no doubt in true barbecue fashion, um, most true barbecuers are about the same way. They'll tell you what they uh what they think, whether you're asking for it or not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is true. That is, that is very true. So, uh, and I was going to jump in there and say one thing about spatchcock and a turkey, it takes less time to cook it that way. Um, And you get an even cook all the way through. So that's all I'm going to say. Not that I'm supporting my friend Meathead or my friend Kells. I'm just saying that's what happens. Well, for us, it's easy, too, man. You can actually pull the skin up. You know, a lot of people, if you cook it traditionally, you know, it's kind of hard to get your hand up under the skin and get seasoning under the skin, not right. just on top of it. So when you're getting uh, busted open, laid out, man, you can really get in there and uh, and get some seasoning and, and rub in places that uh never been before. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it, it definitely makes a difference, no doubt, no doubt. So we've got uh, we've got about four minutes here, Kels. On the uh, the barbecue front, from your perspective, you're right in the middle of everything. I mean, you're down in Georgia, but you travel all over, especially that East Coast area and the and some in the Midwest area. You're you know you're you're there. You're out there. You're doing stuff with Ace Hardware. You're doing all kinds of things. How do you right, think? Right. How do you think our little um, uh, addiction is doing this barbecue thing? Man, I tell you what, um, the little pandemic deal that we went through was super good for the barbecue industry as a whole. Um, you had a whole lot of uh, new um, newcomers, uh, 20, 30-something-year-olds, who bought a grill for the first time and learned how to start cooking for themselves and uh, learned that they actually like it. So now... What's happening is uh, I think they most of them got in it, you know, as cheap as they can, quick as they can, um, just to kind of see if they like it. But now, man, they are upgrading like crazy. And if you 
you know, talked a little bit about college football, man. If you've followed them much, you know, the barbecue guys are huge sponsors, um, you know, over the fall of the past month and a half. Sure. On television, uh, running huge ads. Even got the uh, uh, the Manning boys uh, doing ads for them. So um, it, it's going and growing uh, by leaps and bounds. Um, you know, I don't, on the restaurant side of things, it's super, it, it, things are getting really, really tough on that side because of meat prices, inflation, um, such as that. So what you're going to wind up seeing now, um, you'll see a lot of guys do a lot of things different. I mean, I walked in a place uh, a couple weeks ago, those guys um, had a spiral cut bologna. I uh, was doing a bologna smoke, bologna sandwich. Um, you know, and to their credit, man, I mean, it was like uh, four bucks. And um, but man, it was it was a walk up stand. To their credit, they figured out a way to buy a huge big bologna, smoked that thing up, and that was a fantastic sandwich. Kel Phelps, National Barbecue News. It's always good to talk to you, brother. We appreciate that. And um, you can go to nationalbarbecuenews.com. And you can sign up and get it. And you can also see some stuff online. But I would suggest you either get a subscription to the print part or the online part. Kel, thanks for being with us. Hey, man. Thank you for having me always, brother. And we look forward to next time. You got it. Um, we'll be back next week. Don't forget, uh, Brad um, is stuck around for after hours. So we'll do that. And uh, you can find that out. But uh, you can go to our website, barbecuenationjt.com, and find out more. We'll see you next week. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.